If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online. So any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. So we're calling for a new generation of thinking, your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds. And while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The Glass Noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. On episode 38 of Confessions of a Marketer, we're talking planning. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. Today I've got Robotia in to discuss planning without getting too bogged down with strategy. We'll get to that chat in a moment. We are nearing the end of the year. In fact, this will be the last episode before we take a break for the holidays and ring in 2019. It's been an interesting year for this podcast. We started off with a modest goal of chatting with some of the smartest people I know about marketing, and it's really blossomed into an ongoing conversation, and I get to talk with lots of smart people I don't know. Next year, we plan to keep things chugging along. I'm looking forward to talking with L. Wolf right after the break on about January 2nd or so about the rebrand she undertook with her company, Path Factory. This wasn't a new coat of paint. It was a top-to-bottom rethink. Having done some of that myself, I can't wait to get some insights from her. Plus, we'll have Bill Burkhart, president of Wonderman Data Management, in for a discussion about turning data into stories. We recorded this chat a while back, and it's worth tuning into. should be live on January 9th. Lots more in store, so stay tuned. Well, in the past few months, we've talked with luminaries like Beth Comstock, Scott Monty, Jacques Van Niekerk, and lots more. And we'll end the calendar year in style with Ro Batia. Ro is Chief Product and Marketing Officer at Limelight, a Bay Area e-commerce SaaS platform. He's worked at Yahoo, eBay, and a host of other companies. He has an interesting point of view about planning. And as we near the end of the year, it's a good thing to keep in mind. He thinks... You shouldn't get too wrapped around the axle on strategy. It's great advice for anyone who is looking to 2019 with a bit of trepidation. So listen and learn. Hope you enjoy the chat, and let's get to it. Well, welcome to Confessions of a Marketer. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. It's December. It's cold here in the Boston area. I don't know what it's like out near San Francisco, but... Try as we might, you know, many marketers are still trying to plan for 2019. What do you think are the secrets to planning without getting bogged down in strategy? Such a good question. <laughs> strategy. Uh, it's funny. <laughs> I actually wrote a post about it that 
strategy without execution is really hallucination. That's what Thomas <laughs> Edison said. And I, I, I firmly believe in it. I think uh, planning is must. You know, you never fail to plan. You only plan to plan to fail, right? Right. You, uh, you know, when it comes to planning, really, what's worked for us and um, for, for me specifically for years is looking at three things if I were to, um, you know, think about um, or a decade of experience. Uh, in December is really late. I, I tend to do this around Q4, October, November time. Frame. Sure, sure. Really looking at what worked for us, what didn't, based on uh, and based on that, doubling down on the campaigns and what really worked for us, and tweaking the the remaining campaigns or other things that didn't really work for us. So that was one. Also learning from the industry and trends in the industry. Yeah. How is the industry changing? What do we need to do to comply with those changes and make sure we're kind of on the edge of the trends? Yeah. And the third thing would really be, um, what are some new things that we want to try this year? I try to incorporate three to five different things we want to try out, uh, you know, be bold, um, mm-hmm. go make some mistakes, whether it be a sponsorship or working with a research company like a Forrester or Gartner or just trying three to five different things and having this kind of uh, meeting again in October to kind of think through those three things. Did they pan out the way we thought or not? Yeah. So a, a lot of a lot of companies think that they can get started uh, in October and end up, you know, around this time of year, struggling to kind of complete that plan or get buy off on it. Now, what's the secret to actually starting this in a timely fashion and getting it done? <laughs> no secret, really. Uh, it, it's funny you say that, and I've I worked at bigger corporations and Limelight, where I currently work at, is actually a smaller startup, um, seventy people. And we're an e-commerce platform. And I worked mm-hmm. at bigger corporations like Yahoo and, and Home Depot and whatnot. And time was that thing which um, nobody had and everybody wanted. We, we always thought of starting in October, but it would be end of November until we would think about it. Uh, you know, in the end, it really comes down to it isn't a plan. It's really a series of decisions. Yeah. And as far as you're okay with this understanding that this plan that you're coming up with for 2019 is going to change and be okay with that. I think things work out. So in my books, I call it an agile plan, really. Um, you, you come up with a plan and make sure and with this understanding that the plan is going to change in January or February or whatnot. But as far as you have something, even if it's end of December, if you have something to go into January with, I think you're good. Yeah. and it, it, I, I guess the point you just made is really important that you make a plan, but that doesn't mean you can't change it. Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, you know, we're we're going through, uh, I can't believe we're still talking about digital transformation and a lot of companies <laughs> are still kind of going through it. But, uh, you know, I, I come from the world where we used to have waterfall development models, right? And we changed right. that into agile. And I just use that model everywhere and everything I do, which is you got to be agile. You got to be disruptive. You got to be open to making changes if the changes make sense. Yeah, especially in a company your size, you would expect to be able to turn on a dime if you saw an opportunity in the market. Oh, yeah. To just seize on that. Yeah. No matter what your plan was, right? You could just, and in fact, at, at bigger companies, you know, if there's an opportunity, you've got to seize it. 100%, 100%. You know, the problem really comes in when, <laughs> how do you let go of these $10 million ideas to continue focus on the a billion dollar idea? And <laughs> right. so there, there are a lot of distractions, but you're right. How do you kind of figure out what are some distractions that can really be a pivot and then really execute on that? But, uh, you know, whatever the case might be, you just got to be open to making changes. 
So do you use any techniques to keep your team focused and productive when you're in a planning season? You know, techniques, it, it, it kind of goes back to objectives, really, mm. sometimes loosely defined, but keeping a, a strong footing in those, those objectives that, um, that helps a lot in terms of why are we doing what we're doing or what do we need to really do to achieve our goals. Having a strong understanding across the team of what that is really, really helped. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned from a, a training that I attended a long time ago, this concept of Elmo, uh, Elmo, the, the kid's character. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> and what the guy was doing in that training was using, he literally had Elmo and he would throw Elmo at people who are kind of going on a tangent. And Elmo means enough, let's move on. <laughs> I, I, um, you know, I've been using that since then. It, it was really helpful because, you know, you tend to go on tangents and items that kind of take you off the, the strategy and execution piece. And, we, we don't really have an Elmo, but we talk, hey, okay, let's Elmo it. Let's just, you know, continue folk, uh, talking about the things that we need to really be talking about and let's park this item later. Right. And that's park it is another concept, which is another agile concept where if the team doesn't want to talk and discuss about things that we know might take us on a tangent, let's park it on a board, put it on a board. And at the end of the meeting, we'll spend 10 minutes discussing those items. That makes a lot of sense. COVID-19 patients need your help. If you've fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. Planning, being strategic, means that maybe you're not going to please everybody in the end. How do you keep those various marketing constituencies represented in the process, at least somewhat happy or content in the end? You know, I I have an answer for it that might not be very well received. But <laughs> go I, ahead, shoot shoot uh, your best shot. <laughs> you know, I I I, I intend uh, not to make everyone happy. That's really not my intention. Everybody uh, is inspired by Steve Jobs in one way or another. He said, "If you want to please everyone, don't be a leader. You got to sell ice cream." <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so you know, we're not selling ice cream. Having everyone kind of be onboarded and agreeing to everything is not just next to impossible, it's really impossible. So for me, it, the way it works is better alignment. And that comes from trust. Sharing information is the key, you know, helping your employees feel like they belong for a bigger cause, keeping them in the know, um, keeping them in the loop just goes such a long way. Yeah. It, it's funny that you when you think about it, it it's not that they want to know, or they want to be asked about everything, they just want to be uh, aware of things that are happening. Everyone fears not knowing what is going on. And just to communicate the vision and mission and ever-changing strategy, it just helps them keep them at bay and keep them feeling included. Yeah. So it's, it's all about just letting people know where they are, where you are in the process and, and where things stand. 100%. That's the key. Yeah. So your, your company enables e-commerce for a lot of brands. I want to find out a little bit about your company later on, but uh, you know, e-commerce requires planning and precision. So do you take any lessons from your clientele 
or from your product that you apply to your planning? 100%. We do. You know, the biggest lesson I would say we took from these guys, a lot of our clients are kind of on the edge and coming up with new brands and trying to sell these products. And e-commerce is such an interesting industry and um, gone through so many changes over the last decade. I remember back when, when I was at eBay uh, and we were talking about e-commerce and just Amazon came in with the subscription models and kind of surprised everyone. And since then, there's just been so many changes, mm-hmm. you know, and, and our guys, our clients, our, all these brands, the, the biggest learning that, you know, I've taken from them is really this try, test and tweak kind of model. Yeah. They have a lot of courage out there to launch these products and try new things. You might not even think about buying a product into a subscription, but these guys are going out there and testing it out. And to your surprise, they're, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're selling those products. And, you know, that's, and Casper being one of them. Casper is not one of our clients, but who would think that you can have a mattress or a mattress kind of product on a subscription basis? How many times do you really change a mattress? But there are other things like pillows and whatnot that you do. (laughs) And, and there are medical journals out there that recommend you to change your pillows after every quarter. Yeah. I would have never known that or guessed that. So, you know, trying, testing and tweaking the approach. It's been one learning that I've kind of instrumented in the whole team and company. Yeah. Another learning learning is really to walk the talk when it comes to using the product. Yeah. It's um, our clients really live by their products extensively. And uh, I, I've kind of instilled that into our team as well. Um, across Limelight, we all um, know how to use our product. We use our product. Uh, we talk to our clients, help them understand how to use a product, and that helps a lot. Yeah, a place I worked at many years ago, we used to call it eating our own dog food. Exactly. We, we call it the same thing. Yeah, at Yahoo, eat your own dog food. You're right. So tell me a little bit about Limelight and what you guys do. Limelight is an end-to-end e-commerce platform, very, very focused on subscription-based e-commerce brands. It's really targeted towards these brands that are not just talking about one-time sale or subscription, but want to build a relationship with their end users. You know, think about a company like Uber, where they don't really have a subscription. Well, they just launched subscriptions, but they didn't have subscriptions for many, many years, right? You don't pay Uber $30 or $50 a month and take on X number of rides, but they still know a lot about Mark. They know what Mark is doing after he has taken the ride. Kind of sounds creepy, but they have that information which then they can target you on Uber Eats and whatnot. So it's really understanding your customer and the touch points that the customer has with the brand and helping these brands to capitalize on that. Example would be, it's funny, I keep using Casper, but uh, Casper is one big brand I, I, I really admire. And one of the example uh, I'd give you is they started up with this technology where you, let's just say, bought a mattress and... Uh, Hypothetically, let's just say you weren't happy about it. And uh, Mark and other guys similar to Mark, they went on Twitter and started talking about Casper and either the customer service was bad or or the, the product itself wasn't very good. Yeah. Now, Casper has this technology where they'll look at the Twitter feeds and whatnot, and they'll do a sentiment analysis and figure out that they launched a campaign which ended up selling a product, but the product bought the, by the customers, they weren't really happy and they went and raved about that on Twitter and whatnot. So now they have decisions to make. Now they can send out emails to, you know, Mark and others, other guys sure. apologizing or sending a coupon and whatnot. Point being, a technology enabled a brand like Casper to understand what's happening after the product was sold and how do you kind of take actions on it. 
And that's where we offer one of that as one of that service as a part of our overall suite. Oh, that's neat. So we hear a lot about vision and values in business. It seems that's kind of a cliche, but as you rally people behind a strategic plan, do you think you you know need to get universal buy-in to the vision and values to make the strategy succeed? And I think about, you mentioned Steve Jobs earlier and his famous talk that's uh, now a YouTube video that's easy to find about marketing being about values. And do you, do you buy into that concept? I, I do, 100%. It, it is about values. You know, it's believing in what you're selling and, and how is that, that product or a service helping, you know, brands or others, you know, a much bigger cause. It's right. not just about selling a product. It's about selling an experience and how is that experience then evolving into something bigger than what it is. That really matters. And, uh, you know, I, I think I told you my views on universal buy-ins. I really don't believe in universal buy-ins. Sure. I, I, I believe in um, commitment more than agreements. Uh, and like I said, you know, like Steve said, if you want to be, a, a, you know, a leader, you can't make everyone happy. Yeah. So if you can't do that, then why even try? Yeah, bringing everyone on the same page, aligning them on the vision and goals is very important because that builds trust. And then where there is trust, people are just motivated to work hard enough for you. I like that there, there are some opposing views and counter arguments. And I think it's must have because that kind of helps you think about your strategy and poke some holes in the strategy and what you guys are thinking about and what we're thinking about. So it's good. While it's good to have that, you can't always, you know, have agree when agree on certain things. Sure. And that's totally okay. In my books, you know, good leaders really have two roles. Make the choices you're more capable of making than anyone else and then empower your team to execute the downstream choices. Yeah. And also, as a leader, you don't want your staff to just automatically agree with you, right? You want to have some debate. Oh, definitely yeah. not. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. You know, it's, it's really the combination of genuinely motivating others, walking the talk, being considerate, and then challenging the employee intellect and, you know, making them powerful enough that they feel like they can discuss and share their opinions. Yeah. So are you ready for 2019? Um, I can't wait for it. Yeah, <laughs> looking forward to it. You know, there's always, <laughs> there's, there's so much work. It's funny you mentioned that it's December and, uh, you know, a lot of brands have still uh, have to figure out the plan for 2019. <laughs> I know we're a platform, a technology platform that is powering a lot of these brands, but we're going through that planning, right, you know, as we speak. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's so many things that we're kind of thinking about, oh, wow, we got to change this and that. And so, yeah. Uh, ready for it. Well, I really appreciate you joining me for this discussion, Ross. Some sage advice, I think, for people in the throes of planning for next year. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Ro for being here. We will be back in the new year with Elle Wolf talking about her rebrand at Path Factory. Hope you get some time to rest and enjoy the holidays. And here's to 2019. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer was written, produced, and edited by yours truly. T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Reed Edwards Global Inc. And this episode is copyright 2018. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time.